Gonna save your life this morning. It's AJ and McCall at VFX, just AJ today, because we all need to commit to memory a few phone numbers. Now, I hope that's the case, but according to surveys, it's not, and it's understandable, right? You got the smartphone. We got it this yesterday, my, or this week. My dad and his his reasoning, and I, I can't fault him, is to keep his mind sharp. There are certain things he doesn't like to rely on right away. He will not use a GPS. He will not use a calculator, and that's respectable. Now, I, on the other hand, generation after him, maybe a little bit lazier, definitely a little bit maybe more impatient, want to get done as quickly as possible. I don't – it's just – if I can get it done, then it saves me time to think about something or nothing because, you know, what does the sun taste like is definitely something I've contemplated recently. But to save your life, phone numbers. Need to memorize some phone numbers. 31% of people have no phone numbers remembered. And the thing is, in an emergency situation, and I know it's a what if, but you got to have some. I think the really interesting thing is, is that if you do have some, it's because for whatever reason, you have a phone number that you didn't want saved in your phone that you have committed to memory, or it's because you grew up, you knew it. And it's never going to leave you. For instance, I know my dad, my brothers, my stepmoms, my moms, because that was in an age where I had a cell phone, but still typed them in like a call from home or whatever. So they're committed to memory. Girlfriend now, Ashley's, I don't have it memorized. I don't. I I mean, that one's more recent history. But in the case where you're going to have to make a phone call off your phone, and really that's it. There's no pay phones, maybe a home phone, a work phone call or whatever. And you're like, uh... To save your life, gotta memorize at least at least a couple of phone numbers to have for whenever. And honestly, I think the best advice I give you because the only phone number of Ashley's actually knows her old phone number, and that's because it is our Smith's card number. That one I was finally able to memorize because we punched it in enough times. So do that, and then you'll totally remember it. She got a new phone number ah, ah, out the window. I have no idea what it is. Speaking of phones, it would also help if you use them correctly. Because, like, it's one thing for the, the losing phone numbers, right? That's become pattern as we've gotten used to not having to think about phone numbers or whatever anymore. It would also be nice if over those years that, you know, I kind of remembered the couple things like mobile data being on should be the case. Is there anything that instills less confidence in yourself than just being completely unable to work a device that I've had since I was 13? AJ McCall at VFX, just AJ this morning. Uh, so... Yesterday, talking to Ajay, he's been on the show before, and he was having an issue. He couldn't he couldn't send text messages when he was out of the building. He was just at a complete loss. And then yesterday, the realization dawns on him as he's flipping through his phone trying to figure it out, turn his mobile data off. Now, of course, I'm like, oh, what an idiot. But the thing is, a couple months ago, I did the exact same thing for three days, and I have no idea how I turned it off. Just one day, you hit the button and the data went off, and... Text messages wouldn't send while I was out of the building, out of work, out of home. And I was like, I don't, that's super weird. Because occasionally still, phones will go through this thing where it just flat out, like there's a stretch where my phone would just randomly pick our head engineer's number. And it was like, yeah, message not sent, bro. I got nothing for you. And I was so confused. And so then I was like, I don't understand. And then I realized a button mine was lit up and I clicked on it. And I told producer Butters yesterday and his reaction appropriately so was, idiot and I said well when you think about it in this day and age 
I got away with it for that long because Wi-Fi's everywhere. It's Wi-Fi at work. It's Wi-Fi at home. Don't spend a ton of time in a lot of other places. So out in public, I really wasn't out there a bunch. That's why I couldn't send a text message. But the Wi-Fi allowed me to do it. But for two days, two days, my mobile data was off. So I couldn't use the internet. I couldn't send texts. I couldn't do any of that. And I got away with it. And I had a phone since I was 13. And somehow still, it stumped me for 48 hours hitting just one simple button that said, hey, just don't function like a phone. Nothing instills more confidence in yourself than not being able to handle a device that a four-year-old can handle very probably, to this point, better than I can, clearly. <sighs> okay, Americans, why is it every time, speaking of needing to chill out, that we have a major sporting event, we have to have discussion? No, not Everyone can do what we just saw at the Olympics. That's the reason they're the Olympics. Every time we have one of these major sporting events, the United States comes out and goes, meh. AJ McCall for the Gold's Gym debate today. And look, fine. Is the Winter Olympics, I feel like, on paper more spectacular this summer? I don't think so. The swimming and the track and field, I think a lot of those events are shorter. They capture the attention span a little bit better. And you just, you just like, I can't do that. But here we are again. Mm-hmm. We finish up the Winter Olympics. 50% of Americans, 50% say, I could do it. I could compete in the Winter Olympics right now. You drop me off in Beijing right now. I'm not saying I win the gold, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do all right. I'm going to get to that final round. Guys. <laughs> Guys. You know, there's nothing like discrediting the athletes. <laughs> now, don't me wrong. We would love to see it. Absolutely. We would love to see you go first because I would love to have that baseline, specifically in snowboarding, because I do not appreciate the commentary on snowboarding this year. Right. But I would love that baseline to watch you do your whole thing, and if you run, a clap or whatever, and then get to see the actual athletes do 65 more flips than you or whatever. So the question is, who is the ones doing it? Because I think we can rule out hockey, and I think we can rule out figure skating. Okay. I don't think the general American's like, got it, triple axle, I crushed it right now i'll go outside in my driveway where there's ice right now and do that it'll be a great time i think we can rule both of those things out okay now i don't think it's snowboarding okay i mean it could be maybe there's lots of people underestimate the skill that it takes i've I've gone out with many a first time snowboarder and it's always like ah this is easy and then you get up there and then you catch toe and then you break your tailbone like it's People people often underestimate it. Okay, maybe it's snowboarding. Maybe. I I, I, I can't. Is it? Would it be the same with skiing? Like, because it's going to be wrong. Yes. Okay. As you say, skiing to me has a more snobbish upturn to it. Well, yeah. But, but a lot of people are like, oh, well, it's easier because it's like, nah, is it? Okay. Easy to ski, but not, we're not like competing in the Olympics. Everybody realizes that skiing are different things. Like there's one event where they hurl you like a kite for 200 yards. Right. And there's another event where your knees go and you're lucky to not tear an ACL. And there's another event where you go sideways and sideways and you go through some flags. And if you miss, you flip over like 75 times because you're going 100 miles an hour. And there's another one where you marathon for 40 miles and it looks terrible. And one Finnish Finnish skier did not have a really good time doing that event. right. Like we all realize it. I think what it is is curling. I really think curling is what it is. Yeah. I think everybody watches it, specifically the American team, the, the, the men's team, and they go, those look like a bunch of dads who were going out for a fun 
fun weekend trip. They got lost. They could somehow qualify for the Olympics, and they're like, well, we're here. I think it's curling. Probably. And I can understand because I think the way curling got in the Olympics is the United States sat down and they went, okay, we're getting our butts kicked. We're just not good at this skiing thing. Like snowboarding helped. We leveled the playing field a little bit. But we got to we gotta come up with something else. What's another sport we can put in that we can win? Because this skiing thing's just not going well. Mm-hmm. And then someone else was like, oh, man, it would be great if we could like the Cornhill audience, if we could get them in, right? There's, they're skilled at that, but it's, you know, it's, it's pretty universal. Everybody can try and they go... What if we do something say, okay, so what's cornhole? You throw the bags, the whole like what if we do the same thing but ice, obviously, because it's a winter Olympics, and like you throw stones down there and the closest one gets in, you're a genius. And then curling was invented. Ta-da. I feel like that's what it is. Yeah. Have you seen the meme with the dude with like the huge hair and the huge mustache and it says like this is peak performance? Mm-hmm. That's what it is. People go, I I could do that. And for what it's worth, I do think I could curl. Now, do I think I could qualify for the Olympics? No, I don't I'm not under any delusion whatsoever but every time we do one of these major sporting events it's like people were saying it was a one out of ten men think they could return a serve from serena williams that thing's coming at you 100 miles an hour no you can't everybody remembers tennis class and gym what do they tell you you don't have to hit it really hard because you got to control it and what everybody do home run ball home run ball outside the fence through the gym everywhere no no you could not we just need to stop doing this and being like ah we Professional athletes trained for four years to get to this point. I could do the exact same thing. Oh, man, you messed up your spin there? Idiot. I wouldn't have done that. Yeah, yeah you're right, because you would have broken your leg just trying to get the thing going. We, we really absolutely need to stop with this overconfidence that we're just, no. No, you can't. You can't do it. As insane as that is, it's not as insane. As the criminal stories, because Florida, not no matter how bad your day is going, you are not going to ne- feel nearly stupid once you hear of the two guys that cased the subway for a very long time before robbing it, or or what was deemed possibly the dumbest criminals of all time. Florida or not, two stories, both of them dumb. There's no doubt about that, but only one of them from the great state of Florida where crazy originates where the original dumb criminals came from. AJ McCall at VFX, only AJ this morning. And so we hear the headlines, we hear the full stories, pick out which one's dumb. If it's from Florida, you get the correct. And if it's not, no. And we'll think about this collectively. And tune in what you're vibing. Story number one, two guys cased the subway. They went into a restaurant, subway, ordered their sandwiches, right? Face to face, got everything going, sat down ate them, had a pleasant meal, and then robbed the place. Man, they're going to be able to pick you out of a lineup. The thing is, they haven't been caught yet. It's unclear how much they got away with, but they have not been caught. And another couple, in story number two, two men were going around convenience stores, gas stations, stealing lottery tickets and cigarettes. Problem with their getaway is that they were smoking the cigarettes in the store, so the camera watched them do it. Uh, Unfortunately for them, when you leave your ID behind, it's real easy to track you down. Would it surprise you if I said on this, the, the police uh, the police department's Facebook page, they said it was their dumbest criminals of the week. They already earned that distinction. But are they Florida dumb? Criminals do know the general idea is not to let people see your face like so you can't be identified, right? Like they know that. AJ McCall, VFX for Florida, not just AJ this morning. Two stories, really copycat crimes almost. 
but only one is from Florida. That's what we got to figure out because it's the home of the original crazy. Story number one, two guys went into a Subway restaurant and had a nice evening. And think about this, right? You, If you haven't been to a Subway, they have the you do like the whole assembly cart thing, right? You go get your bread and you walk down the line and you tell the person making your sandwich, your meat, your vegetables, sauce, whatever. You are like a foot away. So they see your face. And these guys got their sandwiches and they sat down and they ate and then either decided or if I was like, all right, we've cased enough. And they robbed the place. There's no way that they cannot be picked. Like, they saw them. I know we generally don't pay attention to people, but they were close. Now, they did get away, and it's unclear how far, how much they got away with, but it's just hard to argue with the fact that at some point they're like, yeah, it was those guys, because they just waited so long. There's no way they don't know their faces. And as dumb as that is, story number two, two guys were robbing convenience stores with two things in mind. Cigarettes. Lottery tickets. Now, obviously, they have no regard for the law whatsoever, so they were smoking the cigarettes as they were committing the robbery speed, leaving them behind, which, if anything I've learned from CIS, it's DNA evidence. Cameras, of course, tracking them. However, cops didn't need any of that because they were leaving, apparently, a shoe, tools, and one of them left their ID. Again, the idea is not to be figured out if you're going to commit a crime. So... Police found the ID, didn't need to look at the cameras, didn't need to do it. Went to the guy's house. He immediately confessed. They both got arrested, and they've charged with uh, 14 accounts uh, or 14 different charges. Piece of cake. On top of that insult to injury, they were put on the police department's Facebook page and named the Idiot Criminals of the Week. So there's already that level of dumb, but is it the Florida dumb? Because two very similar ones, and at the end of the day, as stupid as the subway one is, trying to figure out which one's from Florida, hard to argue that the guys who got caught, especially because they left their ID, we would, none of us, none of us would ever commit a crime, right? We'd never go rob a convenience store. But if we were, I'm not saying you wouldn't necessarily fella take your wallet out, but like you wouldn't have your ID lose. Like, what was he doing? He's like, oh man, oh, oh am I 21? It doesn't matter. I'm stealing it anyway. And he dropped it? How? It's hard to argue in just sheer stupidity that it's story number two. I know we're all thinking that. And if you were, good news. Correct. That is, of course, a story from Florida. And talk about insult to injury. Like, who cares, right? They're idiots. They committed crimes. But the police department, the Marion County Police Department being like, eh, these are our idiot criminals of the week. It's like, man, you already arrested us. What, you got to really kick us while we're down? Like, yeah, you're idiots. Florida not with AJ McCall on VFX. Uh, bonus Florida not. What is the deal with picking on school kids all of a sudden? And I mean like legitimately. Like if you don't didn't hear the story about the teacher and the husband and the cupcakes. Mm. Apparently it's centered around cupcakes. They have become a trigger for bonus Florida not because an old lady stole something. What is the world coming to if school kids cannot trust cupcakes? Because any treat is amazing. And for some reason cupcakes are now the trigger to do something awful to kids. AJ McCall at VFX, just AJ this morning. And if you saw the story, former Louisiana teacher admitted finally to putting an additive into cupcakes that got her 40 years in jail. It's absolutely disgusting. I, I would not suggest Googling it. And that was already bad enough. Like, what is wrong with people in this world? And then for bonus Florida, not Florida was like, well, we can't be outdone. We got to do something with cupcakes too. A fourth grader in Florida created a solar cook oven to cook specifically 
cupcakes for school science fair. Sounds amazing. Apparently, though, craftsmanship was just too good. Because while it was sitting out, the driveway, they're getting ready to do everything, all that stuff, some lady decided, yeah, and stole it. She came out of the driveway, took the solar cupcake oven, and walked off with it. What? Now, in her defense, there people were trying to argue that the contraption was maybe towards the end of the driveway, so maybe she thought it was left out. It was trash. But a closer inspection... Uh, it should have been obvious that it wasn't a, a giveaway because that's not what was going on. She <laughs> climbs out, takes it, and walks off with it while it was out in the sun, making sure that it totally worked. What is the deal? Cupcakes now all of a sudden the trigger and kids can't trust them. Old lady stalled science fair project, which I can't imagine that that one went well. Yeah, so an old lady stole my homework. I, I, no one's ever tried that one. Maybe the uniqueness gets it, but why? Why, people? Cupcakes have now become the trigger for not good things against school kids, and that is just the ultimate catastrophe because anytime there was a treat at school, you were jazzed. And in this world, now you have to be skeptical of everything. Nothing is sacred anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. Bonus Florida not on VFX. Um, speaking of being triggered, look. Level with each other. My opinion on mullets, well documented. Being said, it doesn't mean that people stop trying to find a way to get me to have one. Would you rather Wednesday might have got me there? Mullet is one choice. What is the other one that I have to contemplate that may get that party in the front, or excuse me, business in the front, party in the back going once again? And oh, yes, I've done it before. I once vowed never again a mullet, and since then it has been a challenge of the world to find a way to get me a mullet once more. AJ McCall at VFX, just AJ this morning. And I do owe a thank you because the one time I wore a mullet, which you can see a picture, I'll give you a solid side profile, Utah's VFX on Facebook. We uh, did a charity thing for the food pantry uh, in here in Cache Valley, and everybody responded. It was great, so I super appreciate it. I was happy to do it. I just hated wearing it. So I was asked, would I rather have a mullet for a year? I only do it a week last time. A year or bald for six months, no wigs. Now, fun fact about me. Growing up, one of the things, the few things I felt like I could control was my hair. And if I think there's some old pictures on my Facebook page. But if you go back and look, you'll see my hair is like crazy long. Still to this day, I grow it up, but not nearly as much. Like, I would grow it out so long, and it, it would look terrible. Looking back, I'm like, oh, that's awful. But it was one of the few things I felt I could control. I also have thought about it because all my friends were short hair. Like, they buzzed hair at the time. They're like, ah, oh, you should try this. And I've always felt like I've got a weird-shaped head. I like my hair. Don't feel like my head is shaped well. I feel like I would look totally like an egg and have been convinced even though I've never tried it, I cannot pull off bald. So bald for six months or a mullet for a year, which even my girlfriend commented, you can on our Facebook page, make your pick for the Thermo Fisher poll today. Her choice is neither for both of us. She hated the mullet. Unfortunately, that's not a win-win. It just, like, I love beanies, so I wear sweatshirts all the time in the summer, so I feel like I get away with it. Do I dare say the baldness because it'll be over sooner. I, I, uh, 
You know, the old wise tale, the only thing that's given me solace on the whole hair loss thing, because I think it's something everybody fears. My, my hair started turning, it turned pepper. It didn't turn gray. It started salt and peppering when I was like 23. And my dad had a great laugh about that because it was before him. The only solace is, right, the old wives' tale is for your hair, fellas, you got to look at your grandpa on your mom's side. So your mom's dad and my grandpa lived to be over 100, had a full head of hair the whole time. And I was like, yes, yes. I, I got to be honest, I think I have to pick the mullet because even though it's for an entire year, I just don't feel like I can sign off on the bald thing for six months because I feel like if I put that out in the universe, all of a sudden something's going to come up and I'm going to do it. And I, like, I'd, I think I'd rather have hair than no hair. And I hate this entirely. They're both a loose, loose one way or the other. Ugh. Would you rather have a mullet for an entire year or bald for six months. No wigs either. You are bald. Bald as an egg. Thermo Fisher poll today on our Facebook page. You can see my picture of the mold as well when you comment. Which would you rather go? Thermo Fisher Scientific was voted best place to work in northern Utah and is hiring. They're looking for manufacturing technicians, distribution, and warehouse positions across multiple shifts. Starting rate $16 an hour up to $18.97 depending on experience and shift. Visit jobs.thermofisher.com and search Logan. Thermo Fisher Scientific is an equal opportunity employer. Now, teach their own. I was told I could pull it off. I hated the mullet. And there are definitely people who find it attractive. But when it comes to fellas, there's one common thing I think that seems to be universally good. Working with your hands, right? That's sexy. But where's... Or is there any room for the fella who maybe can't do anything but can still pay for it, has made his own way? Call it an ego save, no denying it, but I need to know if there's any saving the men who aren't handy at all. AJ McCall at VFX, just AJ this morning, a la AJ right here. So I will not deny I totally get it, right? The idea of a fella in the engine of a car or coming out of working on the house or whatever, it's been portrayed, and I think rightfully so. There's something rewarding and satisfying seeing them just being able to to create and do whatever with their heads. It is a sexy image, as it were. My question is... At the end of the day, like part of that is the ability to do so, but part of it is providing, is there any respite, right? Any chance that a fella who can't do any of that stuff, all of me, once got oil in my hair, changing changing the oil, true story. Is there any is there any saving grace for me as a fella who is not handy with his hands, being able to make enough to pay to fix those things? Because ultimately it gets done and you don't have to make do with unfortunate situation and quote, can provide. That's got to be an appeasement as well, right? In, in some capacity, like, is I'm I'm hoping best case scenario I think is to each their own. Like there are some people who are like, yeah, working with your hands would be great, but it also is an attractive quality to be able to have carved your own way to the point to pay for it. But part of me feels like. Yeah, no one would turn down the ability to have things taken care of. Like if I needed to have a plumber to be able to call a plumber, but ultimately the win-win of that situation for the fella, be like, All right, here we go, and just open up the cabinet and get in there and figure it out for themselves. It's what I fear is the situation. And again, I get it. It's not something I can do, and I acknowledge that's probably the right fantasy. Yeah, because there's just there's it's it's about it. And frankly, I think it goes a little bit the other way too. I think men find women who can get a little little. 
under the hood and stuff too. It's there. We just don't talk about it as much. We don't talk about it as much as we should. 68255, the number to text to start your text uh, with VFX. Here's a text come in. It says, sexy is a man who knows exactly what he can handle and admits he needs help with what he can. Like he can remove a you can move a trap to get my ring if it falls down the sink, but calls a plumber and pays for it when there's a leak in the tub. She goes to try. I don't know what PT trap is, but okay, yeah. Let, let, let can we put that across the board? I think one of the I don't think sexy is the word I would use. One of the most admirable traits is anybody that can just flat out. I don't know. You tell me. I have no idea. Seek out help. Is that what it is? Then the ability to do so because I know. Well, both. I was going to say, I know plenty of people who I think are handy who go way too far, but that's that's not fair. I know plenty of people like me who have no idea. And are like, I think I can do it. I, <clears throat> I have some family that's remodeling a house, and YouTube's are go-to, and I'm not saying they can't do it. It just seems like if you remodeling a house, you start getting on some serious projects, that's probably not the way to go. And look, I want to save a few bucks here or there as well. In fact, Producer Butters and I got to this a little bit in the after show. It was sort of... Sort of a rule in both of our houses. And it's kind of unusual rule to be like, yeah, you just can't order delivery. What were the unusual rules in your house? Maybe, just maybe, we could see eye to eye with our parents as adults. But there were probably a couple rules along the way. We're like, this is ridiculous. Nobody else has this rule, Mom. AJ McCall at VFX, just AJ this morning. One yesterday, Producer Brothers and I got into. And his was more a geography thing. But my family... Growing up, no delivery. We did not deliver food. And the reason why you grow up lower middle class, you, I don't want to say waste money, but you don't have to pay the delivery fee and tip makes a huge difference in what you can order. And looking back, I totally get it. At the time, I was like, oh, so dumb. Really didn't matter in the end of the day because you had to wait for it to be delivered and go pick it up. It didn't matter. But it was just one of those things where it kind of becomes cool because you're not allowed to do it. Like, you're like, oh, delivery. So, like, getting delivered food, that's awesome. It feels so cool. And then you couldn't do it. So, you just, eh. Like, I mean, but honestly, I feel like a lot of the rules, looking back, had to do with money. For instance, rule got established for both my brother and I's friends. And when they came over, two sodas apiece. That was it. And they, sp- and they spent the night. It was one if they didn't, two if they spent the night. And I thought, oh, like, it felt bad, like, telling my friends, like, hey, man, we can only have so many sodas. Because you don't want to, like, you wanted to have a good time. You want your friends to have a good time. Looking back, I totally get it. We're lower middle class, and money's kind of tight, and we're kids just blitzing through the caffeine. Yeah, I can understand trying to set some limitations, but at the time, you're like, no, you're, no, I don't want to tell them that. What if they don't have a good time and they don't want to come over? Uh, what was a weird rule you had as a kid? Aiden's on the phone. What do you got? My parents would never let me go over to sleepovers. It was the worst because I had major FOMO before FOMO was like a thing. So I was always <laughs> listening to kids at school talk about these parties and I could never go to them. You know, it's funny. I don't remember that being in exactly a rule. I feel for you, Aiden. But like I didn't either. My house was the one to go to. And my house was not the Kool-Aid house. I think I slept over at a friend's house once. All through high school. And kudos to my best friends that are still my best friends today. Because that's going to be tough, right? It's always at my place. And I, I don't know, probably annoyed their parents. Maybe they enjoyed the night out. Maybe they were totally cool with it. But actually, now that I think about it, it was never a rule. But I never slept anywhere else. So it would kind of seem like that would be the case, right? 
wait, and that, that, oh, something repressed coming back up. I'm not sure. Kristen, what, what was your weird rule growing up? When I was younger, my parents wanted us inside as soon as we saw the streetlights come on. I think maybe they were afraid of vampires or something. As long as we were in someone's house and not playing out in the street, we were good. Uh, oh, okay, so I thought I think everybody had that rule at some point growing up. Like you got to be home before dark, and the street lights were kind of the warning sign. But then the in somebody's house beforehand, I guess it's not totally the case. It's a little bit weird. Too many true crime podcasts. I mean, to be honest, the rules have completely changed since I was a kid. We used to just wander the street. Like, my parents used to legitimately, uh, during the weekend, once the weather got nice, Saturday pretty much, out of the house, lock the door, go do anything else. We used to do that every weekend, and we just wander around with the neighborhood kids. we play kickball, tag, whatever, and then it'd get to nighttime. we played hide-and-seek in the neighborhood once in the, at midnight. People go hide in graveyards and stuff. Like, you wouldn't do that now. Uh I don't. I don't think it was a vampire. <laughs> Kudos to creatively explaining that one away. What was the weird rule your parents had when you were growing up? Utah's VFX on our social media messages keep conversation going. Of course, <laughs> feel like a parent whenever I talk about my buddy who's dating. Got another one for you. Is there a radius you're willing to go when it comes to a date? Utah, right? This area specifically. A lot of commuting. So how far is too far to drive for a date? I mean, Salt Lake is an hour and a half away. Isn't it astonishing that maybe as kind of a barely functioning adult yourself, there's still friends, maybe even family that make you like full-fledged like mama bear, papa bear? AJ McCall for the Goals Gym Debate Today on VFX. Just AJ this morning. My friend in Denver... I, when it comes to dating, full on, I feel like I've gone from, from friend to brother to now dad. His latest thing, so I was talking to him, asking him how things were going, right? Because now things have been lifted enough that he can get back out face to face and all that stuff. And it's not well yet again. And I asked him, okay, so on your dating apps, how far is your radius set? And he's like, oh, minuscule. Like I live in, I live in Denver, so I'm willing to drive a little bit, but like 15, 20 minutes max. Like if she ain't in the same town, I'm not worth it. I'm not doing quote, long distance. It's like, okay, time out, <laughs> time out. 15, 20 minutes, man. That for, That's not long distance. Like there, I told, I said, flat out, there's no way, there's no way that a, a bunch, a bunch of other people would have the same rule as you. Cause it's just like, I get it. Convenience or whatever, but like you're, you're narrowing the scope. You realize that? Okay, Jacqueline's on the phone here. Jacqueline, please tell me you do not agree with him. Well, um, actually not too far, like maybe 10 or 15 miles. No. I mean, if no. we continue to see each other and I really like them, I'd prefer them to live a little bit closer than, than further. You know what I mean? Well, well, yeah, I mean, obviously, well, with, within reason. I was going to say you'd want it to be nice to have them right next door, but no, that, that's, not, that's not true. You, let, you need a little bit of healthy space. But, I mean, 10, 15 miles, you're not getting to Preston. Definitely not getting a Garland in 10 to 15 miles. What, you can't even, can you, is Brigham 10, 15? I don't think so. It, it might be close. It might be close to get to Brigham City. Like, wait, you're not even getting all the way through the valley. That's insane. Now, to, to, obviously, I don't agree. Before I tell my story, Jim is on the line. Jim, please tell me that 10 to 15 miles is nuts. You'd be willing to drive further for a date. So I lived in Heber 
Okay. Met my wife through Match.com when Match.com first started, uh-huh. uh, you know, like 15, 20 years ago. Right. And she lived in Avon. I drove clear the hell up here for our first date. Well, clearly it was worth it. Oh, yeah, because three months later I married her. So did you have any skepticism about driving that? Because you're speaking to the choir for me. I once, I kid you not, I drove two hours up to meet a girl, two hours back to my place because we were going to hang out in my town and she wouldn't drive it, and then I made that trip one more time. I did eight hours of driving a day, so I'm an absolute idiot when it comes to this. No, I, you know, it's funny because I drove all the way up here to meet her, and then every subsequent weekend she drove down there to be with me even though I had to work. Well, I mean, that's fair. She balanced it so, out then. There's no question whatsoever. Absolutely. So I don't see any issue within the state of Utah or, if, you know, we live in Logan now, or going over to Idaho, yeah. southern Idaho, whatever, even as far as Pocatello. I'm not going to drive to California <laughs> to meet a girl on the beach. <laughs> and, yeah, that's just not going to happen. And in fair, I get that. If my friend had been like, well, he's in Denver, I'm not going to go to Texas. Well, obviously. That being said, I can't totally say that I'm not in that realm either. When I was in college, there used to be this website called dateyourcollege.com. It's supposed to be like Facebook, the original Facebook, just for college kids, but kind of for dating. And I met a girl. Her name was Taylor. And we dated for six months. She came to my best. She was my plus one to my best friend's wedding where I was a groomsman. She was great. She lived in Colorado. And I saw her three times. All three times because both one of us had to request off and it was easier for her. She flew out to me. Like, so I did the long distance thing. I done it. But I mean, I got to think too. That's just not an out West kind of answer. Be like, ah, 15, 20 minutes, not worth it. Everything out here is so far away. Salt Lake's an hour and a half away. You're really going to limit yourself that much? And they teach their own. Like, you know, in, in case of an emergency, an hour and a half is obviously much tougher pill to swallow than 10 minutes. But I, I feel like out west, half an hour driving just doesn't mean that much. I mean, it takes 20 minutes to go from coming out of the mountains to getting a Smithfield. Even 20 minutes might be being kind of generous on the speeding part. There's no way. You got to. There's no set rule. Got to be more open than 15 to 20 minutes. Oh, man. Of course, this is the same friend who tells when he goes out on first dates. Likes to ask about worse dates and 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 get through it, kind of quote break the ice and let the pressure off. Well, I don't think he's gonna like it because the list came out of the worst things you can ask on the date. Dude made it. You get the feeling yourself, and and maybe maybe your friends and family criticize things about dating a little bit more than the person you're actually gonna go out on the date with does. AJ McCall VFX just AJ this morning. Like I think about it, like so. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to criticize my friend, so I'm being a hypocrite. But I mean, like, we talk about the dating stuff, and ultimately, I think the one rule that is true in dating is there's no rule for everybody. But we had a whole conversation, and McCall didn't like the idea that I said my friend's favorite thing to do on first dates is to talk about terrible dates. Feels like it breaks the ice, lowers the bar, and it's easy to talk about, and it kind of paints a picture a little bit. Not advisable. A list was put out of the worst things to do on the first date, and one of the things that was worse for conversation is talking about exes and or bad uh, bad dates. Totally worked for him. And I I don't know. I kind of lean with McCall on that one. Just not a way to go, especially if you find yourself easily getting wound up or jealous. It just I don't know that anybody wants to paint that picture that early on. The funny thing, so also on the list is some, I feel like, obvious ones. Don't 
uh, meet their family. They meet yours on the first date. That's intense. Says no double date. And I think it specifically chose that as well because group date, I think, is different. If you were to go out collectively in kind of a group setting, and I think that's got to be, it's got to be group like some people she knows and some people you know, or he and he knows, whatever it is, because then it's it's less tense and everybody can have a good time. You can kind of interact on your own. But the group date thing, I think, is tough because then you're like trying to get to know each other for a first date. And then you've got this whole other interaction that's kind of intense going on as well. Like a, a double first group date sounds like an unmitigated nightmare. There's just so much awkwardness and anxiety. It's like, uh, what do we do? Who makes the decision? Do you go? Or am I driving? Do we drive separately? Do we drive together? Uh, uh, uh. I would like to say, fresh off the, the conversation, though, of uh, how far are you willing to drive for a first date? Of course, taking them as a plus one to a wedding. A no-go. So the girl I talked about, because Jim was nice enough to call and he told us his story. Taylor, who's from Colorado that uh, flew out here a couple times I dated, I believe the second time she flew out here was the weekend my buddy was getting married. And I invited her specifically to come. Now, was it our first date? No. Was it a good idea? Also no, because if you're a groomsman, which I was, in fact, I was best man alternate. Anything happened to best man? I was right there stepping up, like whatever happened. But... uh also, great because if you're part of the bridal party, you got to be there right crazy early because you got to help the bride and groom get stuff set up and you hang out with them, keep them calm and all that. And then you, you do the whole ceremony and then you're hanging out with the bride and groom again and you're taking pictures and then they go take pictures and they can't because they got to do the announcements all together. So you can't just randomly go in there. So to her credit, probably not the greatest time because it's an all day event. And for a vast majority of it, I am just not available but for me, it was so awesome to see her handle it. She spent time with my family. Again, not advisable. But the second, like the second time she'd flown out here, and she was great and all that. And so, like again, I think as I give my friend crap, mostly because it's just so fun at this point, and I just really want him to find happiness. But he just gets so stubborn about things. I'm like, dude, no. It's it's not hard. It's hard not to bust his chops a little bit. But I think the one ultimate rule for dating is. There's no rule that fits all. That's the amazing thing about it. I mean, one of the things it says for this first date, don't go to each other's places. Ashley and I's first date, coming up on five years, she came over to my place. We made root beer floats and just chatted. We listened to music and stuff. It was amazing. It's still one of our favorite memories together. and It's the first one, so it's a special place, but the universal rule. There is no rule. More importantly, I think, than the activity itself, besides the family, like it's an intensity thing. But more importantly than the activity itself is how you behave. Be polite. Tip well, right? And ideally, if you go out and you drive, don't park like a tool. Luckily, hopefully it's been set in your brain with park narcs. We voted for our nominees. They're some nuts ones this week. Real talk. If someone parked like a total tool, that wouldn't be enough to end a date, right? Park narcs with AJ McCall at VFX, just AJ this morning. Like that seems, I saying it out loud, even though we do park narcs every week, seems like that would be a little bit crazy. Like it'd be a, a sign to watch like how the rest of this interaction is going to go, but not quite enough. Now, that being said, the nominees this week could be enough. Nominee number one, the snow matches my car. It's an SUV that is parked in someone's yard in the snow. You know, that's the amazing thing about yards and snow. 
you can't see the lines. You can't totally be faulted for parking where you parked. That being said, I, I don't, if I was dating, I don't think I would end the date if someone had driven me and they parked like nominee number two, but I think I would have a hard time shutting my mouth. Even in all honesty, in situations where I have been dating and I was like, this is going to ruin something. This is going to ruin the magic. I've still said stuff I should because it was, they were incorrect or whatever it was. Cause like there's a parking spot and it is a long parking spot. Like it's got to be a car in a third lengthwise. So there's more than enough room. And somehow this car has just barely the back bumper and sort of the back tire in it. It, more importantly, they're in the way because where the driveway, obviously, in front of that parking spot is that people go down, there's a sidewalk in a building, so, like, they have completely bottlenecked that area. Man, the more I talk about it, I get worked up about it. I think I might be like, you know what? I, I, I'm I walking home. Like, this is... I, I think I would do that. Like, you're, you're going <laughs> to... Good joke. You're going to fix this, right? And they're like, what? And they didn't... I'd be like, nope. Walking home. I changed my mind. Nominee number two is good enough for me to end a date. Decided it. See for yourself. They're pinned to the top of a Facebook page, Utah's VFX. Vote for the Park Narc nominee that is the worst in Cash Valley this week. Of course, if you see him, and we got a bunch more coming in, and we always appreciate it, uh, take a picture. Safely do. No driving, none of that. Safely take a picture. Submit to Facebook, to Twitter, to Instagram, Utah's VFX, so you can be part of Park Narcs. Possibly win prizes. Definitely do a good deed. A little bit of public shaming to clean up parking in the Valley. Vote on our Facebook page, Utah's VFX. Look, it's not that I don't want a pet, but my major concern has been confirmed by a statistic. They try to eat things. And more importantly, this statistic might be on the low side, in all honesty. I am only human, so of course, when you see those cute puppy videos and kitty videos and heck, even otter videos, you're like, oh, I want one. AJ McCall at VFX, just AJ this morning. But still haven't conceded. Got enough willpower to remind myself I don't want my stuff destroyed. Thank goodness the internet actually gave me something for once that was something I wanted to see to can talk myself out of potentially just walking down the main side and be like, all right, two puppies, let's do this. The new uh, stat said that the average pet tries to eat something they shouldn't four times a day. And look, I don't have a pet, but I feel like that number actually is probably low. And that's the thing that terrifies me because the first thing that comes to mind being a cheapskate is I don't want my stuff destroyed. It's one of the first conversations Ashley and I had. And now neither of our places really allows pets. And so, you know, there's that in the way. But I was like, I just, I don't want my stuff destroyed. We are not organized. We are not clean enough. There's stuff all over the floor to deal with this because it's going to get destroyed and I know you accept, I accept that it's a thing that's why I'm not accepting putting myself in that position but even more so as I imagine with my friends having kids and stuff and not to say owning a pet is necessarily the same as having a kid but then what is the thing they're all saying they're destroying it and then what the heck are they eating because I feel like from what I know now going through it as my friends have had kids one of the most terrifying about things about children is Whatever whatever they can find and put in their mouth, that's how we're gonna figure out what it is. I don't know what I don't know what this is, but once it's in my mouth, I can file it away and catalog it. And that just sounds exhausting, just absolutely exhausting. So no, this survey, the statistic, whatever, was just enough to remind me again. Like the next time you see, 
Oh, what a cute puppy. I bet he'd eat my Xbox controller. Oh, that cat's cute. I bet he'll destroy the couch that I spent a bunch of money on. Can still talk myself out of it. Still get my Scrooge on just a little bit. And for those that have dealt with it, and again, it's, I accept it. I just accept that I'm not going to put myself in the position to deal with it. Sympathy. Sympathy. Because if there's one thing that I've heard, it's very difficult to have nice things once you have several kids. Plenty of stuff gets marked. Stickers get put on stuff. Stuff gets destroyed. My brother and I once fought with... With LED, like the long lights, right? The ones they have in schools and cafeterias and stuff. We found those in the living room. We had just watched Batman Forever. And if you've not seen it, there's a scene where there's this gang that operates with the uh, blacklight paint. They have staffs and they're all neon colors and it's cool. We walk in there, we see those and they've got this purple tint. And we're like, they're the exact same things. I think we swing twice. They explode. We leave the room, and it's never talked about. To this day, I've never heard anything from my family about it. We know what we did, but no one has said anything, and we absolutely exploded those two fluorescent lights. May explain why I'm borderline an idiot because I inhaled some of it. But no, no, I don't want to have a pet because I don't want to deal with my stuff getting eaten, and then I don't have to deal with digging my hand in there to pull out whatever they've eaten. VFX's Facebook roulette, your chance to get on the VFX Facebook page. Not to say you can't otherwise, but if you're friends with AJ Knight, McCall Taylor, we'd like to share some positivity, usually some funny, sometimes some inspiration from our Facebook page onto Utah's VFX. So, AJ Knight, McCall Taylor, you're friends with us, like, comment, and share. Just me this morning, and I landed on Bill Johnson, and it says, so how did you get into classical music? And it's me, Bugs Bunny riding that horse from the, I think it's the Bugs Bunny and Roadrunner movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's how did you not? It's it's most it's like 95% Looney Tunes. And then there's like that one episode of Hey Arnold where they go see, uh, was it Carmen, I think, in the theater? My golden magic slingshot. That's it. That was my introduction to classical music. 100% Looney Tunes. You know, just quite juxtaposition of classical music and cross-dressing. All works. <laughs> the AJ Knight, the McCall Taylor, find and add us across all social media. Vote for Parknarks. Um, please stay safe out there. Uh, I got in this morning before the roads got really bad, but it got pretty slick. That wind was just terrible. Like if you got outside today and noped hard, like I fully understand because that wind was just awful. Luckily, wind's supposed to die down. Weather not really supposed to change this weekend, but please be safe out there. If you miss anything from the AJ McCall show, of course, uh, you can find our podcast. It's really easy. Just search for AJ and McCall anywhere podcasts are, like Spotify, Google Play, the iHeartRadio app. We are there. So until tomorrow for the AJ and McCall show, don't do anything we wouldn't do. And thanks for listening to VFX.